on the topic only of geography is that we are trying to analyze places that didn't exist in the way they exist now. That's it. The parallel thing that's happening now is that we are stealing from nature, right? Nature, we're going through climate change and therefore the intention isn't to preserve, it's to extract. Sovereignty is the reason why governments exist. The beauty of Brexit, should there be ever a word associated with Brexit, is the fact that it changed everything. When I run for Prime Minister one day, they'll bring up this clip and go, she said it. Yeah, this yeah, is it. And I want, I want my you money. Time is money, so spend yours listening to me talk about things that are important to me and my people. Time is money! (laughs) Welcome to the final episode of the Politics series. I'm joined with the incredible Busayo. She is a political powerhouse of knowledge. And (laughs) if you've been listening thus far, you've probably changed who you vote for. (laughs) If you want a reminder of last episode, this is a little clip. How could she run when she was so close to Boris's reign that you're, if you throw Boris out, most people who were attached to Boris left as well. well yeah. But she stays. And so everyone was like, this is just Boris. Reincarnated. Basically, and she doesn't come across as someone who has her own views. She looks like someone who's given views. and But she has one particular thing that she cares about, which is to be seen as very neoliberal and like, I want to do this. But then it's like, in the world that we live in, it makes you look dumb. Because how can you pursue such a liberal agenda? And when she came out with the, her and Kwasi Kwarteng came out with the budget, even the people who love money were like, or the billionaires were like, this is stupid. Nobody asks you to reduce the tax rate of the very rich. It's like someone in the playground who's in year three trying to dance for the sixes. And I'm going to kick off with my world news segment. So, a lot of people... Okay, I don't know about a lot of people, maybe just me. I didn't know that the Falkland Islands is actually situated next to Argentina, Mm -hmm. but belongs to the UK. Mm -hmm. And the UK just did a UK on them and just took it and just said, we need it, you don't, basically. And the war with Argentina to get it basically meant that they just froze Argentina out because they had so much resource. The UK, this is of military guns mm-hmm. and nuclear, all that. So that just left Argentina having to just say, all right, cool, take it. Mm. However, it's called Ilas Malvinas. And mm. Ilas is islands. I don't know what Malvinas is, but in Argentina, you can't actually... Say that. Yeah. You can't call it Falklands. You have to call it that. What oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so they get really angry. And obviously, I know you, you know this already. However, the extra part of it, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even think. But speaking to this guy at work, who really came out of the blue and shocked me because he has been a man of few words thus far. But he suddenly turned around one day and I said something and I was just like, oh, yeah. So something like... I don't know, like, I was trying to make myself sound smart, probably. Mm-hmm. And then he was just, like, he came back with something really smart, mm. like something you would say. And I was like, rah. And mm. I was like, how did, wow. And he was like, yeah, I did a politics degree. My master's is in blah, 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 blah. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. And he's like, yeah. Oh, I know, it was about my book. So I was trying to stunt that, like, yeah. I'm reading that book, basically. But I wasn't even trying, I, I thought it was a wasted stunt on him. Mm. Like, who cares? But he actually read the book and he did his whole thing on it and he, mm. whatever. So since then, we've been talking politics deep. So, I know, I just didn't expect it. <laughs> and he basically said, because I said the Falkland Lines thing to him again, trying to show off like yeah. I know something. And then he was just like, yeah, that's why when Argentina and England play football, it's the worst beef. Yeah. Because politically, yeah. that's why. And then he said he read this book on football hooliganism mm. and all of it comes from political issues. Yeah. Po- football is more political than it is a sport. Yeah. And then I thought that was quite a good thing to bring up here because obviously... I don't know, by the time this comes out, it won't be the case, but we've just had the World Cup. And 
loads of politics surrounding that mm. and loads of international politics in particular. Mm. And it just made me think like how much more there is to delve into. So on that note. <laughs> good, that's good. Thank you. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go a little further afield. Yeah. And this is a real curveball and it's inspired by, again, a book I've read. I find it really easy. You're probably the same. Actually, you might not be. I can just inhale autobiographies. Anything autobiographical, I can mm. just read with no problem. I mm. will read it in like a day sometimes. I finished okay. a book in a day like mm. that. Factual stuff is harder for mm. me to absorb. Mm. I don't, I need that emotional enjoyment. Mm. What is the real money for me is factual and autobiographical because then I'm in. Then I'm learning as I'm emotionally, mm. and it's just incredible. Mm. So the last book I read like that was called Against the Loveless World right. by Susan Abdullahi, I think her name is. Really, really good. And it's all about Israel and Palestine oh. and their war, basically. Mm -hmm. And it really, really shone a light on it to me because I didn't know anything about it. All I've seen is that it sparked up, you know, over the years in the media then something else comes and takes over and we don't hear about it anymore. Mm. But I'm under no illusion that it's still very real and, and happens mm -hmm. even when we don't hear about it in the media. Mm -hmm. And we've spoken about it previously, mm. very, very briefly, and I didn't know anything about it then. Mm -hmm. So I want us to have round two now okay. that I know a little bit more. Okay. But it's going to be a controlled round two right. where we don't say anything which is going to be insensitive or ignorant to right. either side. Mm. And it's literally more you explaining how it started. So people who were like me, mm. and I'm still obviously really not very knowledgeable about it, can understand a bit more because mm. as something you've taught me, no matter how far something seems, it does affect you because everything has a ripple effect. Yeah. And even though we're all the way here in the UK, we are still affected by things that are happening all the way in Palestine and yeah. Israel because we're all part of one globe. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're going to be, look how we're affected by something happening all the way in Russia mm -hmm. and we're all freezing off our class because of what's happening. Yeah. So that is my thinking behind this. So do you want to start it off? <sighs> um, I mean, I ain't. <laughs> I guess in the most simplest terms, and it's good that you created that introduction because it is a sensitive topic mm. and I will try and say this in the most simple terms ever, which could probably get more problems, but... It's basically, I'm saying this for you guys to read and listen. Yeah, this is, this is yeah. not your whole insight into it. This yeah. is your starter. Yeah. So you can go and do your own reading, make your own opinions, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So essentially, pre-20th century, pre-19th century, there were different empires. There was an empire called the Ottoman Empire, mm -hmm. which covered like the Middle East area. And they were a big empire, but over time, because of the rise of different empires, they kind of lost influence. Mm -hmm. And that happens all the time. People mm -hmm. rise and fall. Ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. So essentially, as the Ottoman Empire declined, I guess essentially, and states became a different way to organise people. So countries became a thing. Before empires were just like a big piece of land, you get one empire and many different groups of people. Mm. But then countries, states became a bigger thing because mm -hmm. you kind of organise around more of a common ground, mm -hmm. like on a lower level, not like, a, oh, because we just live in this area. And it's that brings like, in nationalism as it well. It brings in nationalism, it talks about identity mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff and, and um, who belongs where. And when you do that, when people have been mixed for so long, people then wanted claims to certain places. And in that place, there was a place called Palestine that existed in the Ottoman Empire. And the British, obviously, they were rising, the <laughs> Europeans were rising. And so what they kind of did was promise the place of Palestine to some Jewish Zionist people mm -hmm. who basically were displaced. So basically in, in that same time, the Ottoman Empire was declining. Europe and other places, they had 
beef with Jewish populations, essentially. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they kind of ousted them. They exiled them. Fine. So they didn't have a place to go. Right. And so... And to deal with that, they're like, right, you can't stay here. Can't stay we've here. got this gap we've over there. We've got a place for you that you're going you to... Go. We promise to protect you in that place. And that's going to be yours. But that place was already given Inhibited. to Palestine. There was already Palestinians, already Arab people there. There was already right. people that lived there. Set- people who were native, rather. Like yeah, that, that, that lived there. That's so it's a preference. bit of what we've got with America. Where mm. it was, oh, Native we've Americans. discovered yeah. America. How yeah. can you discover something where there's already people there? But also, who gave you the authority to tell <laughs> someone that me. this is your land? Yeah, right. So in that respect, but then obviously on top of those two political things that are happening, you've got religion mm. that in people's religious books mm-hmm. or religious teaching, people refer to these lands before empires and before states mm-hmm. which is obviously god's people or god's land and they refer to them in different places and therefore if you are thinking about where your people belong you might go as far back as religion mm. and look at reference points there mm. so a lot of people who were i don't know if it's even a bad word to call them zionists because i just feel like it's people who believe that there's a jewish state mm-hmm. but some of them not all of them some of them kind of trace their heritage, heritage back to that area or, or an area there and so what happened is that and this was under the Balfour Declaration. So the Balfour Declaration, the man, some, I don't know his first name, but Balfour, British man, who basically said, this is like, the, I've institutionalised it right. around 1917. Because I know I went to Israel and Palestine in like 2017 and it was like a hundred year birthday. Right. Or something like that anyway. But yeah, so so that happened. So there were some people living there, they moved into Palestine and stuff like that. Cool. So that's already one thing, but it's there. Then you've got the Second World War. And the Second World War is like the modern day a revision of how people feel about Jewish populations, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, we know the terrible history mm-hmm. of how they tried to mass kill them and move them around and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so again, a lot of more Jewish people were now talking about where do they belong? Yeah. In a place where they're not always going to be exiled. Quote, unquote, going home. Going home. Mm-hmm. So then, obviously, the conversation of Israel was brought up again and being like, we belong here. So mm-hmm. in masses, post-war, during war, people fled there. And so population-wise, they started to kind of out... Number, number that's it yeah palestinians in certain ways or at least their presence was was known there and because they had a more modern history of like needing to rebuild very quickly and it became a thing of two states in one area of land with two groups of people having claims to it of course outside of that there are christian arabs as well mm-hmm. so it's not just as clear as muslim and a jewish conversation mm-hmm. i think it's sometimes it could be like the arab don't know people call it like the arab israeli Mm. conflict as well yeah and again people who are israeli some of them are arab so it's, it's just as clear cut as just that. ignorantly again as well mm. i just see it from food like i look at food mm. falafel for example yeah. mm-hmm. is very common in a majority of cuisines mm-hmm. but it's actually in from israel mm. and then again in the book when they're describing the kind of food they eat and stuff that's food that i wouldn't have known as being Palestinian mm. I just thought that was more Middle Eastern as a whole do you know what I mean yeah and that's not even there as well so it's like a, mm. a massive fusion let's say I think mm. it's a fusion it is because again the thing about history on the topic only of geography is that we are trying to analyze places that didn't exist in the way they exist now that's it so when we think about Palestine or Israelis or Jewish people or, or whatever Middle East or whatever we want to call it that was not what it was referred to at the time. Mm. And those people did not have such strict identities. Mm. So now we're going back and trying to create states which are mm-hmm. more rigid mm-hmm. for people who aren't normally people this who don't it. live in those confines. And I think this is such a relevant conversation when we speak about colonialism because it's so easy for people, which I see so much, say, go home. Or if you don't like it here, if the UK is that bad, 
why you're here kind mm, of thing. Mm. And I, obviously that's extremely reductive in an extreme case. But mm. I know there's people listening who would have heard that directed at them or said it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so yeah. my point is when we're saying this, this is the reason you can't just go home because your home, which you saw as your home, mm. was cut up labeled mm. to a label that doesn't make sense to you mm. it's the only thing i can mildly compare it to is gentrification absolutely one percent drop in the ocean of it but that's what it is i from east london i go to east london now stratford is like dubai mm -hmm. and i say that because i'm comparing it to what it was yeah what it was was a nasty yeah, place yeah, yeah. you loved it, it was your home yeah. but it was not nice not shiny it was like... not a shiny building it was not somewhere someone bragged about yeah. to live from mm -hmm. it was somewhere past 9 p.m you had to walk through metal detectors yeah, 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 yeah. it was scary it was yeah. dangerous yeah. there's no other way to of put course, it of course and now there's a whole new boost of people they've claimed east london this is who they are. They're yeah, trendy. They yeah. work in the city. They mm -hmm. don't buy. They rent. But the rent pushes up the prices of the houses. Or they come in and they buy a house. Mm. And that pushes out people who've been there for a long time. Mm. It's not nice. And then I look at older people like my mum, for example. Mm. If I go somewhere like Stratford and when I lived at her house and she'd pick me up from somewhere, she'd be really overwhelmed. Mm. Because it doesn't look the same. And it's scary. Mm. Because this is not what I remember. Mm -hmm. And you're making it change for me do you know what yeah. i mean ruining the community you're ripping it up yeah. and that is a tiny tiny touch of what it's like when somewhere you know in your home some outward alien to you because you don't know them mm. the british or whoever mm. comes in and says yeah this is your house now your neighbor they don't live here anymore mm. they live over there off you go and i think the conversation is even more tight because i guess the people that are gentrifying england tend to be privileged people right Whereas the people who are gentrifying other areas are refugees mm. or political asylum seekers. So it's like people who are refugees coming into Stratford. Mm. It'll be a different conversation. It wouldn't be as, why are you here? It would be mm. more like, oh my gosh, they're also vulnerable people. But mm. also, so that's why the conversation is complex because it depends on how you see the people coming in. Yeah, You might see, and then again, the difference between the government agenda mm. and then the people. So yeah. I think a lot of the time it's like the government of whatever country and the people get the smoke for it. But then also we know that if you don't say nothing about it, then you're also just as bad type of thing. But then you've got another group of people who are like, okay, there's one aspect to be like, right, we were promised, both promised this land, mm. but whatever, cool. The promised land is cool. Promised land. But then also how comes now I'm a second class citizen in this land? Yeah. For some people, they feel like they're second class. So there's a, the conversation is so layered because it's like, even if we agree on one thing, the next layer will be like, well, now we're talking about human rights. Mm. And now we're talking about level of quality of life. Now we're talking about you can't access Palestine unless you go through Israel. You're talking about people who require passports to travel around their own country because they need to be identified. You're talking about bullet holes in people's houses just because their lives don't necessarily seem to matter on a public scale. You're talking about atrocities that happen that look the same as that conversation, who, if they weren't those people, would be seen as a crisis in society and that's something that people need to come in and intervene. Mm. But when it's certain types of people, it doesn't seem the same conversation. So even if there's no side people are taking, I think just on a what's happening level, it's interesting to draw parallels to how... Now, if these people wanted to come here, we will see them as like trying to come over to the country. Mm. But if it's a Ukrainian, we would be paid to open our houses up to them. You know, so the reason why Israel and Palestine conversation is so complex is, again, we're not getting into who we believe is wrong or right, because mm. everyone has their own opinion on that. Yep. Fine. We're not talking about that. But 
what I will say is that it's so complicated because it, 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 it represents and symbolises a lot of what is going on in the world. Yes. And therefore, when you want to make a certain point or refer to it, you're also being able to draw parallels to other places. Mm-hmm. And the hypocrisy between maybe some of the Arab world, when they talk about Muslim brotherhood and solidarity, when you look at Palestine, look at who invested in Palestine or who's got a lot of uh, business deals with Israel. It's mm-hmm. the same people that are saying... so. I always see all this stuff as it's the political class against the masses. I don't care what government you are, whatever. I think it's the people versus those people in charge because they make decisions around us and make us feel like we have to believe certain things and hate our neighbour. When really they're sitting there playing games with each other whilst they'll tell us to hate this person. Mm. And that's why we're the fools. Because it's like, guys, if they hate us so much, how comes... How much money are we really investing in these people? If we really know the spreadsheets, we'll be like, actually, it's peak. Trust me. And so there's a lot of that goes on. I think that's why the Qatar football is always interesting because it's like Qatar's hosting it, but you are one of the wealthiest countries in the world. So how can one of the wealthiest countries or regions in the world be affiliated with one of the poorest countries in the world or a country that hasn't got, is not recognised by half of the world? Mm. How do you, you know what I mean? It's like saying the queen has a cousin who lives in poverty. Mm. That does happen though. But no, it does happen. Yeah, so that's yeah, what I'm yeah. looking at it like. It's so interesting. But then the Queen is now... So it's like, that's so interesting to me. But mm. it's like, you don't even need anyone to support Palestine because those who have a lot of money in that area could help Palestine. Trust me. But mm. it's the same as like, you know, with poverty or... Okay, let's take climate change. Probably yeah. is a bit layered, like you say. Climate change. It's forced on us, the masses, to mm. recycle and go mm. without whatever. Mm. But if just one or two of the most richest you know, mm. companies or whatever, just cut their emissions. Yeah. That would like put us ahead X amount of years. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But what I will say, even though mm. we're not getting into it, yeah, is just that... Just to round it just off. Just to round it off. Mm. What I will say is that I also do not agree with... Because of how controversial it is, sometimes we can't show empathy to people that we should show empathy to. And mm. we said this before, maybe when we started recording about what side of history do you want to sit on? Yeah. And as we spoke about in another previous episode about how courageous the next generation might be, mm. we don't want to sit here in 20, 30 years time and be like, because I was scared to say what the truth was because I'm mm. so scared of other people being, feeling us away. One thing for me is that I would hate to maintain friends or maintain a reputation at the expense of telling the truth. Boy. And so for the sake of this podcast, it's not my podcast, we will be very diplomatic about it. And 100%, as we all know, just because you identify as one person doesn't mean you agree or disagree, Mm -hmm. 100%. But I think as human beings, Mm -hmm. there's certain things that we need to be honest about. Agree. Totally agree with you. And it's on you, the listener, to do your further research and to interpret that however you please. Yes. You mentioned in that brilliant synopsis of what's <laughs> happening that people would say, oh, look at them, they're coming here. If, you know, Israelis or Palestinians. Or white, yeah. Exactly, yeah, were yeah. to start to seek refuge in mm-hmm. the UK. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that the pressure on the NHS is as much to do with immigration as they would have us believe? Because something that I hear quite often whenever this kind of conversation comes up when it comes to the conversation of NHS is, yeah, well, that's why all the foreigners want to come here. Yeah, that's why, you know, NHS, mm. you know, she's not being funny, but if they if they close the borders mm. or if they stop letting so many people in, mm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it starts to go a bit... It goes, yeah. So Left. what do you reckon? Do Because I personally, you know, I've never been under the illusion when it comes to things like work ethic, when it comes to what, what we spoke about in the previous episode about working twice as hard. Mm. If we're the first generation or our younger siblings, let's say, mm. are the first generation we've seen mm. to 
to have a different outlook mm. of like, I don't need to work as hard. Let's mm-hmm. just say mine and your siblings. Mm-hmm. We're saying marginalised minority people in this conversation. They're the first generation to be a bit more like the white man, basically, than we were. Mm. And they are young. So that means generations and generations and generations before them mm. would have been grinding three times, four times as hard. Mm-hmm. We worked twice as hard. Mm. Before us was three times and before them four times. Yeah. So I struggle to believe mm. that we are all coming here, sitting on the NHS, bleeding it dry, mm. sitting on benefits, bleeding that mm. dry as well. Do you know what I mean? And when you do pull the statistics, you mm. do see mm. that it's actually generational poverty and a lot of it is... The white man. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, a bit because more diplomatically. regardless of what happens in this country, white people are the majority. So yeah. any issue you have, it's going to be the majority. Mm. Like there could be isolated issues that affect certain communities, but even if there was an issue that affected all Asian people, it's not enough to outweigh to even show up on the stats. Like it's, <laughs> it's not possible. Like eighty mm. percent of the country, eighty five percent of the country is white. Mm. So therefore. They like to pretend, and that's why when we talk about news and stuff, when they talk about issues, it's like, okay, you talk about an issue that affects a subpopulation, but drug, most drug takers in the UK have to be white. Mm-hmm. Most people who rape people must be white. Like, mm. most people who kill people must be white. That's statistic, but they look for a sub, sub, yes. sub statistic yeah. to make it look really just terrible. Like, the people, most people who use knives are black, because it's mm. like, oh, ooh. but then most robberies are definitely white. Like, so it's that kind of stuff. And whatever mm. happens, no, most white people do it in this country, because mostly white people, fine. Mm. I don't know the correlation. Personally, I just don't understand the correlation between people coming to the UK and the strain on resources. I think it's very difficult to get to the UK. I, I, I don't it think is, it's just difficult to get here. I think it's difficult once you're here to access anything. It's very difficult to, number one, because I think a lot of the people saying you're coming here, they're not talking about the uni students. Trust me. Because the uni, they don't see the uni students because I don't know what uni student is going to be around you that mm. you can see. And it's not really... If you have that mentality, you probably are isolated from the, the main cities. London. You're probably, yeah, so, so then there's that. Then it's like... As you said, it's difficult to access resources here anyway. Even if we did access resources, and I say we, those who are not white but live in Britain, we can't be the majority anyway. And so what happens is that the media have a particular audience and their audience are the people who can't verify the facts. And those people who rely on cultural wars to make sense of a changing world. And that's what's always happened. A lot of the white working class, not to blame them for everything, but they, they have been strategically made ignorant because... They were the, in the UK, they were the original slave people in the UK anyway, because they were not seen as white until different people, coloured people came to the country Mm. or they had colonialism. They were very separate from here. In fact, the reason why they used black people and Asian people across the world is because there was more of us Mm. that they could use in different countries. We could survive different countries physically as well. Mm -hmm. We were, so it's like they couldn't even use the people here and Mm. they were living poor lives. And so now what's happened is that now they've come face to face, the working class and then the immigrant group. They have to be like, you know what? It's better that we give white working class access to whiteness. Because what is the what is the white working class? How can you call them the white working class? It's because you need to distinguish them between yeah. the people who are naturally, godlike, inherently superior because they're white. Trust they me. realise that actually white people can be poor. Mm-hmm. Or white people cannot be smart. And mm-hmm. white people are suffering in school. Mm-hmm. But it's, it goes against the purity of whiteness. Yeah. But what us, we've been preaching for years. There we go. So they're trying to make a sense of that. And for white working class people are like, Raw, so there's people who don't look like me who are living well. Mm. I thought, da, da, da. then that conversation has come up in the last couple, 20, 30, 40 years where it's like, oh, immigrants are bad because this and that, our country's bad. No, the reason why the North is not developed is because they don't invest in the North. 
I'm sorry, how many of us are even in the North for mm. us to affect your income? Nobody's in the North. We investing people in there. of colour don't go where there's not any other people. There we of go. Colour. We don't go there because we're, we're scared. scared of you. <laughs> and if there's no job, why did I go there? We even before we go on holiday, we Google places where do they like right? do they like us? <laughs> so am I safe? So that, and, and I think that's the big and it's just a good example of that of it's propaganda. It's mm. just propaganda and unfortunately your media that's why the Sun newspapers are marketed at the educated. The Sun newspaper can only market people who take their politics as six-word phrases on the front page. Mm. That is, they've never changed their agenda. They've always done that, and they market the same types of people because those people do not can't see it for what it is. And it's no disrespect to them. It's just the fact that at some point you have to wake up and realise that, forget race, you didn't get the £350 NHS promise. When are you going to wake up? But you don't want to. You want to fight wrong and strong. And the only thing more important than reality is sometimes inherent belief in your superiority. So believe the believe the white pure agenda and see where it gets you. Mm-hmm. Well, we know where it gets you broke. Wait, cost of living crisis. They told you. <laughs> okay, switching gears slightly to back to the climate. Mm-hmm. At the moment, there is a scramble going on for the Arctic. Yes, sir. How do you feel that compares? Because it has been compared to like the scramble for Africa and the scramble mm-hmm. for Asia that happened. You know via their forefathers mm-hmm. now obviously we're a little bit more i don't know what the word is maybe i don't want to say intelligent because mm. that isn't the case a bit more structured and a bit more human rights than okay. we were then mm-hmm. so because the arctic borders on so many other countries like canada russia uh, i think uh, some scandinavian mm-hmm. countries as well they all want access to the arctic for context the arctic will has shown when the ice caps have melted and are melting rapidly in this case, that there is rich resources underneath that, that for centuries we obviously haven't been able to access. And that's now brought up the conversation about can we access and companies like BP, Shell, all of them, man, are already, have already applied for like planning permission, basically, and digging rights. Mm-hmm. These lot are trying to dig deep to get that first. And then obviously here we go. So how do you feel about that? I think I know the answer already, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to work out if there's anything extra than what I feel you might mm. feel with the context context you have of politics. I think, first of all, there's no people there. Mm. So the tragedy, the, the, the nicest way I can put that time, that affected thousands, millions of people. Through colonialism. Colonialism, through, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, imperialism, whatever, whichever version. Cannot be compared. Mm-hmm. There's no humans there. Mm-hmm. That we're aware of. There's no humans. Not to say animals are not important, but it cannot be It cannot be compared, or no, never can be compared, because you don't have inhabitants, human inhabitants there, that you can ever compare to the lives that you ruined. And continue to. And continue to ruin. So in that respect, it can never be comparable, and it's insulting. However, <laughs> if you now reduce human beings to capital... And you reduce the quest that people have and you strip it of racism and all that stuff and just go, actually, people are just greedy, they just want money by any means. Then the parallels can be drawn because what you're trying to do is the ice caps are melting. So there's more opportunity to get resources. People only want resources so they can improve the lives of their citizens or have more money and more influence over the world. And so the scramble of Africa and Asia was a representation of that. They thought that not only are they superior to these people, they want to have stakes in their resources that don't belong to them. The parallel thing that's happening now is that we are stealing from nature, right? Nature, we're going through climate change and therefore the intention isn't to preserve, it's to extract. And therefore, 
if you see nature as a thing to protect, then it's a war on nature. Because we are going through a climate crisis and something is melting, but instead of you to see how you can slow that melting down or to protect it, your idea is see how much we can drill. Makes no sense to me. Mm -hmm. And it shows that we haven't learned anything, mm -hmm. right? But then it also brings up other questions about land and who owns what mm. and security and military and how you can have, if you have more land, land is very scarce in this world right now. The more land you have, especially for places like China with a large population, the more places that you can get people to live in and, have, and then your quality of life can go up and stuff like that. So on a trade routes, well, I think they said if the Arctic melts, then it will bring Europe and Asia 40% closer. Yeah, 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 and it becomes a place you can pass yeah. through. And it basically they did a thing where they're co they're talking about how they're gonna make it open in like off peak seasons kind off of thing, yeah, where travel. it's summer, yeah. and so all the ice is melted. And they did a trial of that, mm. and I think they saved something a couple trillion tons of fuel so, of yeah. this of that and emissions even as well yeah. because the journey is less less. Now yeah. they can cut through the Arctic to get somewhere. Yeah, so it's like that will bring it closer, meaning more trade between countries that don't necessarily trade or can trade more or cheaply, more cheaply, as you said. But it also brings tensions more because if I, if you were at my border, you weren't a threat. Now I'm threatened by more of you in certain ways. As I said, trade route and that kind of stuff and then claims to sovereignty. Sovereignty is the reason why governments exist. You're trying to establish the legitimacy of your, of your land and be like, if we own this and technically the more land you own, the bigger your seat at the table in political thing. If you only have 100% or like 10 people in your country and you only have a small bit of land, you're not strategically important. Mm. But once you have more land and you're centred in a certain place and you're involved in trade routes, you are actually more important. Not now, to mention the riches and in that place. Exactly. And therefore you have more diplomatic importance in, 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 in international um, conversations. So it's a big deal. But one of the things, as I mentioned before, is that it's not to preserve the the environment and we are time is ticking for us so the fear is is that we've learned nothing what we've done is go cool instead of protecting what we have oh there's more places to, to ruin to ruin and so let's go there and not deal with what's at home and so we're going nowhere fast basically yeah. and if we started to use because like, in my mind obviously humans are humans and we are a horrible evolution of what has been laid out for us yeah. in capitalism so they're going there yeah and when they go there and they find those gases and natural riches mm. for, that we can run off yeah is there positives in that does that mean my energy bills will come down uh -huh. again or um there's positives depending on who you are positives if you're bp or shell you've got places to take from especially when other countries might be giving you a green tax. Now you've got, I've got a place to get it from. Countries that never really used to have oil in their own reserves, it means that you can lessen your reliance on other countries that politically you're against. against you know, yeah. it gives you strength against Putin, I guess. And Putin also has claims to it. So it's like, uh, we need to get that. Positives of anything politically or economically is only, it's not about intrinsic positives. It's about the decisions you make. So with anything like that, they could find all this oil and give it to an African nation or Asian nation to improve their standard of life. That's going to be positive. But it's not re a requirement of you. So there's positives. We can find positives for it. It could be like, great, we've got this access. Okay, cool. Now we can use it in our reserves. Or we can build this or build something that protects this area or whatever it is. But history has shown that we don't do that. My issue is that why would we think that there's going to be positives? I don't think there's any positives other than cheaper flights cheaper cheaper travel to asia anyone want to go to asia in between like a work season maybe it might be cheaper for you to go that's a positive but the more people that go i wonder what the prices will be like i wonder who is going to have access to that and i just wonder 
what that would mean for emissions anyway, because it's a cheaper, it's cheaper to put up. But at what price? But at what price? Because now there's going to be more frequent travel in a place that never used to emit mm. this emissions. So it might cost 10p now. It used to cost 30p in another route. Now it costs 10p. But the 30p one, right, more expensive. But I did that twice a day. So it's 60p worth of fuels, right? But this is cost 10p cheaper, but I'm doing it 100 times. Mm. So now I'm spending £1 on a trip that I used to spend 60p on. But I'm going to tell everyone it's cheaper. That's mm. how it ends up not being cheaper. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> I promise I'll try and next thing you ask me I'm going to try if I was positive in it and, and yeah but there isn't any that's, that's the beauty of this because we're learning that there is no point mm. and that brings me again to my next thing which mm-hmm. I'm fortunately don't even want to ask because I know what you're going to say mm. okay there's this big issue mm. with people not voting right people our age right and Younger. So 16 year olds. Literally. <laughs> 19 year olds. <laughs> 19. The Gen Z, shall I say, Gen X, them yeah. man, young people yeah. don't want to vote. And I understand why. I'll be mm. honest. I really understand why. Because you look up and you see all these forces that are making decisions that are directly affecting you. Mm. None of them have your interests at heart. None of them are helping you. And none of them look like you. So mm. how can they know what's going to be best for you? Mm-hmm. What do you say to that? I say that I agree with you. Life doesn't seem to care about your individual opinion. And the people that you were told are working in your best interest or should be working in your best best interest have shown time and time again that they aren't. And I know you're tired. And I know you've seen your parents, older siblings say the same thing, have the same hopes, and they've ended with nothing. So you're kind of like, I'm not going to be as dumb as you. 100% believe that. However... What I will say, like I said in a previous episode, is that... The control you can have. Yeah. Like, this is one of many avenues you can affect change. Just because it's not important to you right now in your peripheral vision or whatever, it doesn't mean that it's not important at a certain time. There will be certain elections that are very strategic. And when people go, we've had Tory party for 12 years. That wasn't... That's not by mistake. That's because people did not vote for the parties that they wanted. Or if they did vote for the Tory party, then it give them pressure to uh, to do the policies that you really wanted. So politicians, yeah, they lie, lie, manipulate, abuse power, but they cannot act independently. Mm. They require a base. And that's why when elections come, if they didn't need your vote, they would not be spending money on adverts. So what you need to do is like, great, cool, so you need me. Right, make them work for that vote. Make them work for the vote. And vote in a way that shows no pattern. So therefore they're scared and they have to do it. When you vote and you vote the same way or you never vote or you only vote the same way, they know who to get. It's fine. But when you scare them, Brexit. And I think Brexit, the beauty of Brexit, should there be ever a word associated with Brexit, is the fact that it changed everything. Mm. It didn't matter what your dad used to vote for. Now there's a new question to pose to you that you might have never asked yourself before. Very now good. I even had to think. It was like, what? what's Labour doing? Oh, Labour isn't the Remain party. It's just mixed with everyone. Tories weren't the leave party it was mixed Mm. so now I couldn't just vote how my party voted because my party wasn't voting a certain way Mm. so what I would say is that the way the world is going there's gonna be a lot more conversations that had that require new thinking the old world has changed and now we're in a place where it's like actually there's a lot of laws coming about technology that only those of us existing now can answer or influence conversation about politics and power conversation about education and people want to change the education system generally now they've realized that university isn't actually what the tool it's supposed to be or whatever it is there are conversations come that you can shape and 
it's probably age specific. You don't want to vote now, but you will end up getting to a place where social media is not going to be your politics and you're going to actually have to go to the election thing and, and, and put in a ballot and go, I care about this. So I agree with you. You're not unique in the sense that we all grew up thinking that politics wasn't for us. But I don't think apathy and not engaging has ever impro- has, has improved your life either. What a way to answer that. <laughs> that is so, so true because you can sit there being like, yeah, fuck this, what's the point, blah, blah, blah. Okay, how 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 much has that served you? <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? In that respect, if you're mm. going to go from that level, it's like, well, I did nothing and my life is peak. But when I need something to change, because I have no avenue to influence change, there's no point. Whereas at least it gives you the hope of going, right, I want this change. I've got an avenue that I can influence. It gives you something to work towards. So... I just always feel like doing nothing is just never the right option because it leaves you with nothing, only your bitterness. And then what do you do with bitterness? You then start other people who could make change, not make change because they inherited your bitterness. The thing, the truth is of politics is that no one knows who's got the magic key to the answers, right? It's just life. You hope that people are saying the right thing or the wrong thing. What I don't want is someone who actually might end up having the magic key, the Corbyn of the future or whoever it is. But because he was disincentivized to engage in politics, we've got Corbyns that are wasting their talents. Everyone has that family member who's so good at politics and you're thinking, why are you not a politician? Mm. The, the, the light has dimmed and it's not their fault. But the issue is if you dim it in someone else's light who could have the key, the right amount of charisma, mm. the intelligence, the interest, the energy, mm. then don't ever stop them from doing that. Do you know what I'm saying? Every, every once again, we get a Mandela or we get a Malcolm X. Imagine their parents were like, politics is dumb. We, we would have, have none of them. So my thing is that you just never know who's going to be. That's why I always try and be like, whoever might see this actually might be able to make a change. Might not be me, but I hope one of you guys do it. And then when they get older, like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Not because I feel like it has to be associated with me, but just because it's like, fine, I might not be the MP that everyone thinks I'm going to be. But I'm okay to have influenced somebody to realise that dream. And that's all it really is. One from the people that I know everyone by this point is wondering, mm. why can't you be the MP? <laughs> and that's a serious question like what is it that's what why is you're it getting a i think scratching in that you don't want to uh, do you know what it is do you know what it is you I must think get that at least 50 times a day i get that so i get that all the yeah. time literally yeah. and i think it's just i think you're too real if i'm honest i think it's one of those ones where it's like reality not reality because i'm gonna say it's, it's it, i think it's real life happens mm. and where real life means that politics is not i might say this quite seamlessly because i've managed to have an interest in something that also is something that the public needs to know about Mm -hmm. however it requires work to keep up to date it requires work to kind of develop an opinion it requires work to kind of um stay up to date so i think when real life hits you like i suffered from covid too i experienced that cost of living affects me too so i can't in spite of that still give have the same political fortitude all the time but once i feel better i can step into that and i feel like even next year i will definitely do more don't worry i'll do more are we saying campaign (laughs) Rishi, watch, uh, Rishi. Out. Do you know I mean? watch out, Rishi. You never know. You never Whoa. know. Generally, you never know. You heard that here <laughs> first. You understand? You Maya's never know. Minutes <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is it. This is what I'm going to bring out. When I run for prime minister one day, they'll bring up this clip and go, she said it. This is it. I want my you money. Got, <laughs> you got, I always say, if anyone wants me to do these things, I'm good. But I always say to them, but are you, especially if it's media platforms, but are you committed to taking the place of the sun? And, and Rupert Murdoch. Those are the real forces that are at play here. Mm. Rupert Murdoch is probably, and the sun and all that stuff, are the most influential. They were involved in the Brexit conversations. They're involved in every leadership contest. Yeah, they control everything. They're involved in the Trump election. So my thing is that those of you with platforms like yourself, Maya Minutes, and everyone mm. else who's doing it in some way, 
you're not just bringing out content for content sake because you like it. You have to understand that you should have a mission to dwarf the media platforms that have been miseducating society. And bring out realness instead. Bring it out. Because them lot are aggressive with it, mm. with less intelligence. Mm. So you lot got the intelligence, you got the access, you have to be as aggressive. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'll say. So the likes of me, if you want me to be there... Facilitate you, it. It's never been the individual. Mm. It's always been the village. It's mm. always been a media company that's going to, I like you, bring yeah. him on. Yeah. It's, the individual doesn't matter. We know yeah. how many charismatic do we know? Yeah. But it's you need to make sure that there's a movement. Mm. And Corbyn didn't have the media. Mm-mm. Or the likes. You know, so that's the difference. Corbyn can be right all day long, but the media was not on his side. Wow. I mean, I would love for this to be... I mean, you running would be the right side of history. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. I think as well, and this is the last thing we'll say before we round this up, but what a last episode it's I been. <laughs> a lot of people, I get this to a degree, where people push me into being like, oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. Yeah. And it's like people see a go-getter or mm. a, a doer mm. and they're like oh let me piggyback off that mm. and it does f me off to a point because i'm just like mm. Mm, do i not need sleep do i not need to eat like mm. do you know what i mean and mm. i hear you which is that i can do it but you definitely need to facilitate so mm. this is another example the amount of people who have said to me podcast or con- mm. some kind of people like to hear me talk yeah, do you know yeah, what i mean yeah. as with yourself yeah, yeah. so the amount of people that say these things to us and they're like, put a podcast together, do a YouTube channel, do a this, do a that. So when I've now done that, yeah, as we can see and yeah. hear, why are you not resharing? Yeah, why are you not engaging? Why are you not why listening? Why not checking in? Why not doing that? Why That's... are you not offering me money? Money, yeah. Why are you not paying my bills? Do you why know what are you I mean? not saying, oh, I've got a studio so you can use for free, come and do this, or I can, I can create your... Logo this lovely, you. I can create this logo, like... There's a lot. And I think that is what people forget about the role. People generally feel like it was Obama himself that got him there. It mm. wasn't. It was a particular tide. It's a lot also about luck. Mm-hmm. But he had to have the institutional backing. Some institution had to really want him there. Mm. He had to have certain people to endorse it and go, cool, he's okay. So it is a village. And I always say anyone that we know is famous in that, they are the cherry mm. or they are the tip of the iceberg. When the you look face. underwater and you look under the iceberg, mm. it's the producers, it's mm. the runners, mm. it's all these people that are doing it for you. The talent turns up. Mm. That's what they've got to do. But there's a lot of work that goes into that. And same with everything else. There's The people that we see, the MPs, they're the most harmless of them all. Okay, so in the spirit of putting things out there, mm. what would it take as a baseline mm. for you, village-wise? Mm. What do you need to see oh, for you to know? I know, I'm yeah. putting you on the spot. I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> when have you ever cared? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> you! All right. What do you need? Everyone, yeah. you're hearing this. Mm. Tell me, what do, do you, you know need? What? Go what? on. I think what I need... Number one. Number one for me, I need discipline and focus. Okay, but who can give you that? What What does that look like? I think what I need is... I just need people to check... It. This is going to sound very lazy, but people to remind me that my voice is needed. Okay, so you need the validation and acknowledgement. Accountability. People, I need accountability. You, someone's part. catting on you. Yeah, someone's like, yo, I haven't seen nothing from you. Hurry up. This is okay, what I like cool, going to. Cool. DMs filled. D- I think I also need, like... People like yourselves have you, but people like yourselves. So it's like, you know, Check. you know, you've got a platform where I can speak because mm. it's not the same person who speaks necessarily has to have the platform. Nope, totally. So there's all and that, also you've got different strengths. Different strengths. Exactly. If there's I'm someone not, who can facilitate that, they should be facilitating they should, that. Do you know? So there's things like that, and there's obviously resources that people can throw. I wouldn't know from the top of my head, but there's probably opportunities. And I think one of the biggest things, and I hope you speak about another 
show or when someone else is like when you get into like social media tech algorithms mm-hmm. attention economy mm-hmm. the biggest things i think that people need is like i thought explain it it's like exposure yeah people need opportunities people don't like to to give people opportunities they like to oh that'll be good trust me you're working in a whole industry where you could platform somebody but you're like oh that's good it's like have you not made the link between what you do every day what this person is the amount of times in my life this is we've gone off topic and we definitely (laughs) need to leave because we're late yeah yeah. but (laughs) the amount of times in my life where i have been having conversations with people who work directly in what i'm trying to To do do. and they're looking in my face and i'm saying i really need a da 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 and they're just saying oh swear down Mm. Are you alright? You could say, t- like, for example, you said to me on passing, mm. I want to do X for my birthday. Yeah. I was like, oh, I know someone. Yeah. Da, da, da. I've messaged that person, I've got the she thing, did. and I've sent it to you. She did. Because I'd, and you didn't need to ask me yeah, for that. Because yeah. to me, I'm like, oh, she needs that. I'll do that. Yeah. Why I've are people it, yeah. not like that? What it, is wrong with them? Some personalities, people are just like, they don't, they're really just out there. But I think also the, the, the crabs in the bucket thing is still yeah, real. It's still me. real. It's trust still very me. much like. Only room for one of us. Only room for one of us. Or like, oh my God. Or sometimes people don't even believe in you. Mm, Realistically, they like it. People love people who are already on the cusp of blowing blowing or have blown so it's yeah. like oh yeah i did that to someone who's gonna blow it's like me now giving stormzy a mic now mm, oh i was part of your story no yeah. i wasn't like yeah, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. but when stormzy hasn't got the followers do you really believe in him can you mm. see a spark and go you know what here's the mic mm. those are the people that transform people and those are people that always get mentioned when they do awards it's like thank you because you're thinking why are you my friend gary because gary was there every night before i was who i was telling mm. me that my mixtape's hard even though I've only got five listens a month, he was saying, go hard, bro. Trust me. But you that's listened to me when I'm now a Grammy-nominated artist is telling me I'm hard. I mean, for me to even bring out an album, I must be hard. Like, you're, you're a bit far into the mm. thing, so. But yeah, I think there's a lot there, but yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I know there's a lot of things that we can already be doing to get our <laughs> but I just want to see what happens. Yeah. Okay, have you enjoyed doing this series? Oh, I loved it. Yeah? I loved it. And I think this Come series... Hundred percent, and this series has played a strategic role in my twenty twenty three. Hundred percent. Don't gas me. hundred percent. Don't play has. with me. Hundred percent. Because you're playing with me right I'm now. I'm not. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Like I haven't done this in ages. Oh, I know. And it's like it's reminding me that yes, this is where you need to be. This is this good. is the acknowledgement you're talking about. The accountability yeah, the and all that stuff. And yeah. stuff like that. And now I know that I'm gonna message you every morning, just so you know. Listen, saying we need I'm, you up, babe. I'm up and out. I'm <laughs> listen. I will show you a plan. Okay, this is getting too much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Thank you so, so no, much. I didn't even you. give your, your credentials. I mean, by now it's irrelevant because you can see she's bare smart. But <laughs> she studied at London School of Economics and I studied economic history. Amazing. So yeah, as you can hear, pure gems, pure. And I knew it would be from, from <laughs> day when we first chopped it up. This is just willing to happen. So I'm so happy you made it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for everyone who's listened thus far. I know you're all gassed and following her by this point and ready to get her in office. <laughs> Did we say that here? It's not in office here, is it? Yeah. Parliament. In Parliament. In you can say office. All right, in office. Mm. And yes. Or number 10. Number 10. Second series, <laughs> Myers Minutes, over and out. Peace. Yes, peace. Bye. Peace. I didn't look at the camera. That was really fun. That was really good. Yeah. We went, we went, we went a, a different places and it was good places. It's good, I'm glad. And it all links together really. It really does. Yeah. It was really well done, man. Thank you. Well done for coming and being part of it. Of and I don't course. mean that in a condescending way. I mean, like, you've got shit in your life. I hear that. And you, you made the time and I really, really appreciate it.